Welcome back to the Crash the Pond podcast. It is a Monday, May 8th edition of the show, and Connor Bedard is a Blackhawk. He is. I don't really know what else to say. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of a bummer. It, it's definitely a bit of a bummer, and I think it's completely fine to be bummed out that the Ducks did not win the lottery, and so I think we'll just kind of jump to it because, I mean, might as well. But the Ducks ended up finishing with the second overall pick. Um, the first overall pick went to the Chicago Blackhawks. And I think the thing to keep in mind with all of this is that that meant that the Ducks actually had to win the second lottery. That there was a second lottery and the Ducks numbers got pulled. And this was always part of the equation, right? That the Ducks had, what, a 51% chance of finishing third overall? Or finishing with the third overall pick. They had a 25.5% chance of finishing with the first overall pick. And then fill in the blank I'm, I'm looking it up as i speak but yeah 25 and a half percent chance of first 18.8 of second 55 percent chance of third and so this was always potentially going to happen and it was pretty unlikely honestly it was more likely the ducks would finish third than they would finish in the top two and so i think while you can be disappointed that the ducks didn't end up with bedard because connor bedard is generational talent is amazing everything along those lines this was the outcome that you wanted. Like this was a good outcome for this team being in first, second or third. And so the fact that the ducks aren't third, the fact that they're second is a great outcome. And and on the range of it it would have gone amazing to great to good. And so the ducks finished in the great side of it. And we'll jump into it a bit more, but I think it's just important to start with that, that I think for anyone out there that is really bummed, this is a very good outcome for this team. Long-term still, this is a team that, I mean, you and I both did not have them in this position, quite frankly. Didn't have them being this bad this year. And I still think, I think you and I both are in the same boat with where a new coach, maybe some moves, things like that. This team is in a good shape still next year. And they've just gone out and added potentially a top-line center to their mix. Like, that's not something to scoff at. Yeah, so people are going to be upset and pissed. And I get it. You had a you had the best odds at Connor Bedard, but the best odds at Connor Bedard were not good odds. It was twenty five percent, and I think that that's the thing that people. I mean, understandably, like you can look at the glass half empty, or you can look at it half yeah. full. And and when you see, oh, we have the best odds, you think, oh, the expectation is that they're going to get him. When in reality, seventy five percent chance you're not going to get him, and that's that's the key number. But just being in this position, like you were saying, that's the key to have this opportunity to get Connor Bedard. And if not, the lowest you can drop is three. And so on the range of outcomes, yeah, getting two is better than getting three. And so I think that Ducks fans should give themselves all the time they need to be angry and to be upset that they didn't get number one pick. But when the dust settles, I think that you can you can be quite happy because, yes, mm-hmm. it's not the desired outcome. But yeah. Like the you can do you can do a heck of a whole lot worse than than where they ended up. Yeah, and I I, I have a lot of time for the perspective of it's frustrating that Chicago is the team that gets it with everything that's gone on. I think with that organization. I think this is probably one of the few times where I think all hockey fans single single handedly agree on something. Yeah, I don't think it, anyone outside of Chicago, outside of the Chicago fan base, is happy about Chicago getting. And Getting to be Connor honest, Bedard. to just nip this in the bud, but any of the the rigged conversation that's going around, 
that kind of nip or that just stops all of that. I mean, yeah. Why would, why would the NHL want a team that covered up sexual abuse like blatantly to, to get be rewarded to, to get its, its marquee prospect and like next potential face of the league. Yeah. That doesn't make a lot of sense. This is not like if Detroit won it, I think you might have a better argument for that, but I I, I mean, you don't have have an argument anyway. Like let's not even give that any credence. Fair. Fair. But show me the evidence that it's rigged outside of, Oh, the team you a team you don't like won it. Yeah, so I just want to say I have time for the argument of people being pissed that Chicago won. I have time for that. I have time for the argument of the Chicago Blackhawks probably should have been stripped of their first-round pick this year because they had already traded away their 2022 first-round pick. But I think kind of in that same conversation, that really doesn't impact the Ducks because that doesn't necessarily mean the Ducks would have ended up with the first overall pick because the odds would have just gotten redistributed and it could have been some other team with first. And so I think that the the thought process of being pissed Chicago won the the lottery and the Ducks getting second are in some ways kind of separate in my mind and I think at least just I'm now just talking about my personal experience with this today kind of running through all the gamut of emotions everything like that but I, I think I'm able to set that aside and what I've been able to really do and I'm saying this in some ways to probably try to help some people out there that might be feeling frustrated I really tried to focus on Adam Fintel because to put it I mean, Adam Fantilli is 99% going to go second overall. Like, I, it's pretty locked in. That's where he's going to go. The Paverbeek on the beat or on the the Duckstream podcast today said that now it's going to be time for some debates. Whereas first overall, there wouldn't. That was a lot of GM speak, in my opinion. Adam Fantilli is that guy. He's the person that should be going second. And when you dive into Adam Fantilli's numbers, it's actually insane how good he is. Like, this is. Only the third, uh, third true freshman, I think, to win the the Hobie Baker. The only other two are Jack Eichel and Paul Korea. He is also the. Uh, let me just double check this, but or no, he in the last twenty years he has the most points by a draft eligible uh, NCAA player um, on a points per game level. The only person that is close to him is Jack Eichel. And if you want to, if you want to watch videos on him and scouting and kind of, I was watching one from earlier in the season that was kind of, uh, Tony Ferrari, I think was the person who was doing it from the hockey news and asked him to kind of put a comparable for himself. And he kind of tried to say he hated doing it. Doesn't like comparing him because they're NHLers and he's not, but he's like, if I had to say guys that I model my game after, I try to be a mix of, um, Nathan McKinnon and Patrice Bergeron. Like, yeah, this is a so, guy that is a number one center in this league. Yeah, I don't know if I buy the Nathan McKinnon comparison, but I've seen people compare him to like Jonathan Taves. Yeah, like you know, obviously prime Jonathan Taves, not the the shadow of Jonathan Taves that we've gotten to see over the last few years. But yeah, I I think that the question of is there a debate at number two? I don't think it's as crazy as it sounds because here's the thing, Adam Fantilli. I think that there's been a little bit of a fatigue syndrome with him where he's been so locked in, it feels like, as the number two all of the season. And then you have Will Smith's standout performance at the U18s. And you're seeing reports of scouts around the league saying that Will, having Will Smith ranked as high as two. And then, of course, keep in mind that Leo Carlson... I mean, Leo Carlson is has a, a, a case for number two as well. And so I think that ultimately the team will land on Adam Fantilli for a number of reasons that we can get into, but yeah, 
it's not a crazy thing to say that you can at least think about it at number two because all of like I think the three guys that they would seriously consider would be Smith, Fantilli, and Carlson. I think all of them have an you know have some kind of argument to be made, and that's that's the beauty of getting number two to me is that now you're in the driver's seat because because of course you're not getting Connor Bedard yeah. now, but you get your pick of the litter. Whereas at number three, it, it's just process of elimination. You're going to lose some options. And yeah. very likely, if the Ducks had gotten number three, they probably don't get Adam Fantilli. And yep. at that point, choosing between Carlson and, and uh, Smith or whoever, maybe maybe Matvey Michkov, I mean, he's also in this conversation. Mm-hmm. It just becomes a little less, it, it's a little less enticing. Yep, yep. I would agree with that completely. But... Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're spot on. I think that that's kind of more so where Verbeek was coming at it from when in that interview. And I think having debate about players is healthy. I think being locked in right away, even on Connor Bedard, like I think having just debates about players is healthy for for an organization, even if it ends up resulting in exactly what you thought the end result would be, and what you're kind of came into it thinking. At least having those conversations means you're open to being uh, swayed one way, one way or the other and listening to all voices. And so I, I think this is a fantastic outcome for this team, though. And, I mean, like I said, I think Adam Fantilli is going to be the guy that they end up taking um, at that position. And, I mean, honestly, the, the best comparable that I can think of from watching him a little bit here and there uh, today and kind of looking at the points and everything like that I mean, a great comparable is the guy that was right at the same production level in Jack Eichel. Like, there is a very good, like, comparison right there. And if you think back to all the podcasts over the past, what, year, two years that we did, where we talked about the Ducks could really use a Jack Eichel on this team. Yeah. The Ducks could really, should, should really not be afraid of trading high end prospects outside of Zegris and Drysdale. I mean, you even argued trading Drysdale. For Jack Eichel, right? Yep. And the Ducks potentially got that exact player in this draft in a spot where neither you nor I coming into the season were expecting them to be. And so the fact that they're in that position to add that player to this team, not having to trade them, trade for that player, and having that player going to essentially go through his prime with Zegris, with McTavish, with Drysdale, with Selwiger, with uh, Minchukov with with Leno with I mean it's a laundry list of prospects now and young yep. players on this team that is set up in an absolute massive form for this team and actually there was an interesting um, point made and I believe this was by JD Burke um, on EP Rinkside and I was just kind of checking this out um, and I mean I'll just read kind of his snippet because he was talking about the Anaheim Ducks outlook he's like now I don't want to try and talk Ducks fans out of being miserable about today's results strikes me as patronizing um, we all know what was lost here which is true but here's the good news I don't think there was a team better positioned to absorb that loss than the Ducks and hear me out they have young franchise building uh, franchise building block pieces already in the lineup between Trevor Zegers, Mason McTavish and Troy Terry they are they have players either on the cusp of that distinction or possessing the talent to one day get there in Jamie Drysdale and Lucas Dostal. 
They have the third best system in the NHL, one that's rich in depth and star power at every position. This is a team that was going to always, or always going to start taking substantial strides in the next few seasons, no matter how today's lottery played out. They're going to add Fantilli or Leo Carlson instead of Bedard, uh, and that may slow down the timeline a bit or perhaps even limit their ceiling, but it's hardly the death knell of their rebuild, one that Verbeek has masterfully navigated uh, to this point in his tenure. And he said, look at this way. The Ducks are adding a first overall talent in the NHL draft and a high-end one relative to those in recent years at that. Should they add Fantilli to a lineup that already has Zegras and McTavish, they'll roll out a formidable 1-2-3 punch at center as the NHL, uh, or as formidable a 1-2-3 punch at center as the NHL has seen in recent memories. All of them on entry-level deals at once, um, at least for a year. Uh, that's wrong because Zegras won't be on his ELC, but... Uh, all good there. Uh, and he's like, you can be upset with the results of today's lottery all you want if you're a Ducks fan, but you can't have anything but the utmost optimism about what the future holds for the franchise. Yeah, I think that that's well stated. The thing is the Ducks, what the Ducks really needed in their pipeline was another star level forward. Mm-hmm. Because as as great as their as their prospect pool is with Pavel Minchukov and Olin Zellweger, they... It seems weird to say that they were lacking forward help, but they really are because Af- because Zegers and McTavish aren't prospects anymore. They're they're part of the core, no. so so maybe you can factor them in. But beyond those two, like it gets slim immediately, right? I mean, at that point, you're hoping that Nathan Gaucher pans out into something. You're hoping that Sasha Pasajov turns into something. Perot, Tracy, like all these guys that are. You know, maybe Gaucher is a little higher in that list, but just a lot of dart throws at this point. And bring in a Fantilli or a Carlson or a whoever, really whoever they pick at number two, is a massive, massive shot in the arm. And that and that they frankly needed, because if you look at the way this team is constructed, they don't have the offensive depth to be a true contender if you're just relying on, on Zegris and McTavish. Like, you need so much more than that. And so now... Whether you do choose to pl- play them all at center, or you move Fantilli, or sorry, you move Zegers to the wing, or move any one of them to the wing, mm-hmm. you're just so so much more dangerous. And I haven't really gotten a. Def- I mean, I don't think there is a definitive answer to this, but from everything I've seen, I think Adam Fantilli is in the NHL next season because he yeah. was asked. He was asked a month ago if he was coming back to Michigan, and he just basically gave the non-committal answer of "We'll see what happens." So, so to th- that, that point, there's no indication that he's going back right now. To that point, Stephen Ellis, who is the prospect guy at Daily Faceoff, uh, had kind of put that out there about the fact that he hasn't decided to go pro um, yet or, or stay at the University of Michigan. But he did uh, say that if I'm a betting man, I think he'll be NHL bound next season. Same. And um, and then I th- Oh, now I'm trying to remember where I read this. I think it was on EP ringside. Maybe it was from Mitch Brown, but basically, and so I'll try to see if I can find it to give credit where it's due on this. Um, but the, the Michigan coaching staff isn't expecting him to come back. Yeah. And I think that tells you all you need to know about someone being NHL ready. If your coaches don't think that you're coming back, I think that's a sign that you're NHL ready. And the one other thing um, about him is that, they do have the ability to send him to the AHL. If for whatever reason he needs a 10 game stint in the AHL to get up to speed, they can do that because he never played major junior in Canada. He played in the USHL 
I think played in the GTHL or something like that. And so never played major junior in Canada. So the CHL, AHL rules don't apply to him. He's able to play in the AHL next year. Yeah. So I think that people, I mean, it's crazy, but just looking at my replies, just scrolling through my phone. Oh, it's insane today. I'm already seeing Justin Schultz responses to Adam Fantilli. I'm just going to stop that right now. There's a lot of that going on. I think because Henry Thrun just did that. We're talking about Henry Thrun and Justin Schultz. Two yeah, players. Like the, two these players. are not top prospects. <laughs> but not only that, but two players over the last, what, 15 years? And yeah. As compared to the Trevor Zegers, the Jackson Lacombe, the Drew Hellison, all these guys, and adding into the fact that in order for that to happen, Adam Fantilli would have to pass up three years of NHL playing time. Yeah. And stay in college for those three years, which would hurt his development and he like, knows does that. not benefit a player of his caliber. And it would also essentially be his three years of his ELC that he would be missing. And then he would still have an ELC after that. So he's hurting his long-term ability to make money also. And, and yeah. so it just, it makes no sense whatsoever. Cause, it, cause that, it's, that's, it's people doomsdaying. That's the part of the equation that I think those concerns overlook is the fact that he would have to stay in college. And it's like, he's, He's going to be an NHL star in the not so distant future. Why would he stay in college for two, three more years? Like it just doesn't make sense. And so that's why, like for me, the the kind of my view of development is that there are certain players who I think could benefit from going back to their league for one more season and really dominating it and really having that allow them to really push the boundaries of their game and and kind of incorporate things that they wouldn't have the opportunity to incorporate at the NHL level for Adam Fantilli. I mean, I just don't really think he's got much else left to prove in he the won, NCAA. He won I mean, the Hobie he, Baker as a freshman. He had 65 points in 36 games. He was almost at a goal per game pace, just yeah. goal per game, 30 goals in 36 games. Like he torched that, he torched all, that league <laughs> all while being a good to it. Like that's one thing that he always, he talks about in a lot of his things that, he really focuses also on his own end zone and being able to transition the puck out a lot of, uh, let me know if you disagree with this, but just kind of reading these scouting reports, just starting to do a bit of a dive on Fantilli, because I think there was obviously so much hype on Bedard. You start getting your mind into that, but looking at it, a lot of it reminds me of kind of like what we saw of from Matty Beneers in terms of the scouting reports on Matty Beneers around that draft. And that comes to mind because those were the drafts that you and I really had to dive into going into it, right? Of, well, will the Ducks get Matty Beneers? Would he fall to them? Can they get to second for him? And there were conversations about whether Matty Beneers would go first or Owen Power, um, depending on how a team viewed it. But it's crazy when you look at it. Adam Fantilli is a different stratosphere than Matty, Matty yes. Beneers. Yeah, totally. Ma- Matty Beneers uh, draft season, he was at 24 points in 24 games. So a point per game player. Yeah. Adam Fantilli's at 65 points in 36 games. He's almost 1. double 8. that. 1. Yeah, like... <laughs> Like this is, I think that's something I just to, to boost people's view of it is that you look at what Matt Abeneers did this season in Seattle and how exciting that was. And Adam Fantilli is a, a very similar player, but significantly better. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Here's how I would differentiate the two is that Matty Beneers is an excellent transition player. He's an excellent playmaker. He's just like a very polished player who just kind of yeah. does everything super well. And he's a very, like, he's, he's a great athlete. He's a great skater. Adam Fantilli is all of that plus a bunch more. Like, Adam Fantilli has a much higher game-breaking ability with the puck mm-hmm. on his stick. 
He has mm-hmm. a Michigan goal to his name in junior yep. hockey, which, yep. I mean, you can make of that what you will. And also, he's got the size factor, which, yes, does matter because not only is he a, a major threat off the rush, he's also a threat along the wall. So really, yep. there isn't a spot in the offensive zone where Adam Fantilli kind of goes away. You know, because you think about a guy like Tre- Trevor Zegras, for example. I think he's a good example of this. Trevor Zegras is way less dangerous if he's along the wall or having to win battles down low than he is in, 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 a, in an open ice situation because then he can really do some damage. And I'm not saying that he can't be dangerous along the wall or off the cycle, but that's not necessarily his game. Adam Fantilli has that plus the rush element. So yeah. you're just you're just getting a th- a, just a massive threat for the other team everywhere on the ice. Yep, yep, yep. exactly. Uh, I guess Poker Pucks is saying Bedard, and I think I saw this quote, said Fantilli is a faster skater than him. He's a great skater. Yeah. And, you know, Connor Bedard isn't like, he's not a Connor McDavid level skater. No, no. So, I mean, it's it's quite possible. But yeah, he's a great skater. Is he is that necessarily like an elite trait of his? Maybe, maybe not. But when you factor that in with, with his puck handling ability, his shot, his playmaking, his smarts, his size, you know, his ability to win battles along the wall, like... That's that's the thing that gets me so excited about Adam Fantilli as a prospect is that he could just do everything. He just has everything in his toolbox. And and so that's why like if if he does go pro next year, I just man, I don't know if he even needs to play at all in the AHL. <laughs> no, I don't either. Like I'm just yeah. saying that's an option. I'm not saying that that's is. what they should it do. Is. I'm just saying yeah. if for whatever reason he hits because He's going to be an 18-year-old. Well, I actually think, no, he turns 19 in October. So he'll be a 19-year-old in his first year in the NHL. And that's going to have its ups and downs. And if he goes through a bad 10-game stretch where maybe going and playing at a lower level does him some good for another 5-10 game stretch, you have the ability to do that. And I think yeah. that that's something that you don't have that same ability with a Connor Bedard. And not saying that you take Fantilli over Bedard. That's absolutely crazy. No. But, um... That it's just one of the the nice benefits of kind of the 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 path that uh, Adam Fantilli has taken yeah. to get to this point. And and people are pointing out in the chat, and I mean, I don't know if this is like joking around or not, but the fact that he's a playoff size player that the Ducks needed size. I mean, there is some truth to that. Like like size isn't. I think size is vastly overrated by yes a lot of folks out there, a lot of analysts out there, a lot of NHL teams out there. But that, but just because it's overrated doesn't mean that it doesn't matter. And, and doesn't when you have all the skills, when you have all the abilities, and you have that size, now you're you're really just having a different conversation. And for the Ducks, they don't really have that size element out of their core right now, especially not up front. I mean, I'd say Mason McTavish. Mc, McTavish is solid, but he doesn't really have like the he just doesn't have the frame of of a Fantilli, and so. I think when I think of Mason McTavish, I don't really think size is anything more like strength. Like he's just a Fair. very strong player. And Trevor Zegras, I mean, I just size, strength are not his calling cards right now. It doesn't mean yeah. that strength will not be. But so you add in a Fantilli, and all of a sudden you've got a three-headed monster because you have three centers who are completely different players but can all bring completely different elements to the game. And that is very exciting. Yeah, and I think that that's the biggest thing. I think if you focus on only size and that's all you're doing, you're gonna do. Uh, you're gonna set yourself up for failure. You're gonna make times, mistakes. Right? 
Yeah, and so I think by you want a nice mix because you want. I mean, I've talked about this a bunch. You want your lineup to to have some variety through it. You want to make it difficult to defend you. And if every single line plays the same way, sure. If you're graded, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be great for you, and you're gonna be able to score. But if you run into a team that is able to neutralize that by having a system or defenseman or things, that's gonna be very difficult. If you're a team that kind of has lines that all go in different ways, that makes it really difficult to defend at, uh, defend long term. Um, yeah. And, and so I, I think that this sets them up well. And I. There's a lot of conversation. I think that this kind of goes whether it ends up being Carlson or whether it ends up being Fantilli with more likely being Fantilli. I think it, you get the ability to do all three at center. Like I know a lot of people are talking about Zegers swing and that might be how it goes, but there's no, nothing wrong with putting all three of them at center with how each of them plays so different. Exactly. And I think that people are, are going to say that, Oh, you know, the, Trevor Zegris should be the one that that goes to the wing. Maybe you have a better case for that now with an Adam Fantilli because yeah. even if he's on the wing, he's got a player at center who's actually going to create space for him and who's going to actually be able to keep up in terms of playmaking. Because I feel like that's the big problem a lot of the times is that when you put Zegers to the wing, often the player who's going to center isn't nearly as as you know, high awareness level offensively as he is. And so you're losing a lot of value. Yeah. You're not, a, you're not able to le- to leverage Zegers as much, yeah. but now if, if you can put a Fantilli at center, you're not really losing anything necessarily. And you're getting all the benefits of Zegers still. So it just allows whoever will be the ducks next head coach to really tinker with the lineup. Yeah. And you don't have to be locked into all three at center. You have the ability to fluctuate as things go on. And I mean, for people wondering if the ducks have enough wingers to support all three, I mean, you you could do Terry. It's more so you're going to have duos and fill in a third person, I think, would be the best way to do it. But you could do Zegris and um, Zegris and Terry together, McTavish and Henrik together. And then, especially if you call up a younger person, you could have Fantilli with Strom and call I mean, up th- Perot. Th- think about how much of a weakness the Ducks' bottom six has been the last yeah. however many years. Like That's gone now. Like that's yeah. basically gone as long as they don't screw this up. Yeah, and Ray Gonzalez is asking in our YouTube chat, and I'm I'm seeing the chat, and we'll get to questions in a bit. But kind of want to bring this up. He's asked, is there any history with Fantilli and Zegers or McTavish? I actually believe Zegers last summer or uh, Fantilli last summer skated with Zegers and Hughes, kind of, and the U.S. National Development Team guys hmm. uh, over summer. So there is some familiarity there with those guys. And I mean, I would imagine he probably had some familiarity from Team Canada with McTavish. Um, yeah. I don't know. Was well, he on from the team Toronto. last summer? Was he on the team last summer? For During the who? world the World Juniors that um McTavish was on? Uh let's see. Yes. Or wait, this isn't telling me. I'll I'll take a look at that. Oh, Jonathan yeah, so sorry. It was in it was in that interview that I share or that I had mentioned um that he skated with Zegris and those guys over summer. Yeah, um, he didn't play World Juniors last season. Okay. But in uh, this past one, he did. So he's played with Zellweger. He's played with other guys that were Hines. on that team. Yeah. Um, Nathan Gauthier. Yeah. There you go. I mean, that well, could be the Ducks' four centers. I guess just to quickly touch on the other players, because, yeah. you know, we're assuming – there's two things I want to say. One is I think it'll be Adam Fantilli. Yep. Like, that's who I would pick. I think that's who they will pick. Um, I also want to say that – 
I am saying right now we need to refer to him as not Adam Fantilli, but Adamo, because that is his that is his birth name. He's he's Italian, Italian Canadians. We're, we're, so, we're going with that. Adamo we're Fantilli. We're doing it much better. Uh, um, all right. But Data Data Dog said so. The quote actually was from uh, his associate head coach at Michigan. Uh, said the guy's ready to go in and contribute. He might be ahead of where Maddie Beneers was after his sophomore season. Beneers is going to win the Calder Trophy. I mean, he he's definitely ahead of where like we just we just talked about no, it. Like, but ahead ahead not draft season ahead of where Beneers was in his sophomore season. I mean, did Maddie Beneers have any season like the one Adam Fantilli just Fair. had? No. So, yes, that's the point. Um, but to quickly touch on the other guys, I mean, yep. go for it. Again, we're assuming it'll be Fantilli, and I think that is the correct assumption. But we don't know for sure. Oh, and- really quick, that quote came from the Athletic, so it came from Scott Wheeler's article, I believe. Okay, um, Leo Carlson. I mean, if they were to go Leo Carlson at number two, which again, unlikely, in my opinion, but like that's not a bad pick either. I mean, Leo Carlson just had one of the best draft draftier seasons of any SHL player in, in years on the level of a Nicholas Backstrom. He's got the size. He's a fantastic playmaker. He's got a great shot. He's kind of got that total package a little bit as well, not to the level of Fantilli. And to me, the big key differentiator between the two is that Carlson skating is just not on the same level as Fantilli's. Yeah. But even if you were to draft a Carlson, if you were to insert that, that player type, you're still adding something that the Ducks don't currently have. I think Carlson would probably take another year in Sweden yeah. to develop, but that would be another fantastic addition as well. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, and, and there's the wild card of maybe they really value Matt Mitchkov. I mean, I feel like, so if you were to, if you were to ballpark the odds here, do you think it's likelier that they take Matt Mitchkov at number two or Will Smith? Uh, based, Will Smith. Ba- based on the fact that Will Smith is getting all this, you know, love because he he torched the U18s. People love the U18s. People just love international competitions. People love. I mean, that is why McTavish got drafted where he did was the U18s. Remember? <laughs> That's true. That yeah, like the, the, that is U- exactly what Bob Murray I think had mentioned was that is the U18s a bigger bump for for draft stock than the World Juniors? Yeah, I think I, so. I think so, especially with when it happens. The, the timing, yeah. The timing of it, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think Will Smith is probably more likely than, than Leo Carlson between the two. I think I think the issue for Leo Carlson when you look at it is him and Fantilli are just very similar players, and Fantilli was just better. Oh, no, I'm saying, I'm saying Smith between Mitchkov. Oh. Smith and Mitchkov. Uh, sorry, Smith because Mitchkov, just the unreliability of Russia. I think that's the risk. But, I mean... We yeah. just don't know how Pat Verbeek views that. Like, Maybe my, he's willing to take that stab. My thing is, if you're going to draft Will Smith, you might as well draft Matt Vamichkov. Like Will Smith is going to yeah. be a, a great player, and he's. The th- I don't think the Ducks would draft Will Smith because he's, like again, not to be reductive, but he's basically another Zegras slash Terry, a great player, but he like that skill set they already have in their lineup. And so I think that they want to diversify. Just reading between all the tea leaves of Verbeek's comments about this roster, I think he wants to add something else. And Mitchkov maybe isn't really that either, but I think Mitchkov is just so much more dynamic. I mean, there's an argument, there's a very solid argument that Mitchkov is the second best prospect prospect 
in this draft. And I mean, there was a time where like he was even threatening number one. Yeah. So, well, and also just to that point, there were times earlier in the season, Fantilli was threatening number one. Yeah. So I think that I, I think they're going to take Fantilli, but if they don't, I'm, I would be fascinated to see who they pick because it says it would just say a lot about where they see this roster. Yep. All right. So we're going to get, going to get into a word from our sponsor, specifically with the fact that we've been talking about lottery balls today. Playoffs? Are you talking about playoffs? That's right. The playoffs are here, and your friends at Manscaped are here, too. And they're making sure your balls are as kissable as the Stanley Cup. Whether you're an NBA or NHL guy, you'll want to give your nuggets the best clippers to rid them of pubes and helps them see the summer sun. Don't let your little devils go wild. Use the lawnmower 4.0 and get your boys as smooth as jazz. You uh, can have the balls of kings by going to manscaped.com and using code CTP for 20% off plus free shipping. And Manscaped is the champion of men's grooming. You know why they call their staple product uh, the Performance Package 4.0? Because it's the best way to get your body ready for elite playoff level performance. The full package is stacked with the best of the best. It all starts with the Lawnmower 4.0. These Lawnmower 4.0s are the greatest pube warriors. They make your body hair removal as easy as a Steph Curry three pointer. The Lawnmower 4.0 doesn't only make uh, you easy on the eyes. But it's easy on your skin with its skin-safe technology that reduces your playoff list nicks and cuts. Uh, Manscaped has been working hard and brewing up the new and uh, and improved Weed Whacker 2.0 with a better shape and motor. There's no question the Weed Whacker 2.0 for nose and ear ear hair is the most improved player of the year. They capped the performance package off with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to keep you fresh, even through the sweatiest Game 7s. Uh, but that's not all. Manscaped has two free throw-ins, a travel bag to hold all your goods, and a pair of anti-chafe boxers uh, for perfect for watching or playing sports. Plus, for all you beard bros out there, Manscaped now, uh, now has beard products uh, with their Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The kit has the bomb shampoo, conditioner, and oils you need to keep presentable and comfortable through the push and the trimmer you need when it's finally time for a cut. Uh, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CTP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code CTP at manscaped.com. Pick a winner, hit the playoff push, and use Manscaped to shave that bush. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Well... Spinning this forward now, anything else uh, to really say about this situation? Or should we just dive into questions? I feel like we're having a lot of questions. Yeah, we have a lot of questions, and it's going to take us a while to get through them all. Let me just think. Is there anything else that I want to say? Um, the only thing I'll say is I saw a random video as I was scrolling through TikTok of someone trying <laughs> to say that the way that the NHL broadcasted it was uh, proving that it's rigged because of Kevin Weeks's oopsie. Of oh, spoiling yeah. that Columbus was third, well, and the they Duck- already was- knew. Yeah, it was already like that's the thing people forget. The lottery, the actual lottery, where they draw the balls, happens like ninety minutes before. Yeah, they already knew. It's it doesn't against just first off. Why are you on TikTok? And second, because yeah, TikTok's dumb. good, kind of. TikTok's I guess. bad. I TikTok's know. real bad. It's not bad. All right, let's see. Let's go to podcast questions first. Oh wow, I have not been in here, but there is. Uh, uh, great. Uh, co-champion bastard said, given the fact the lottery was rigged, how can we further malicious plots by the league in the future? 
it's not rigged. It's not rigged. Um, Just gonna reiterate right. that. Heyo, D said, "Is it at all at all reasonably project uh, Fantilli is having a better NHL career than Bedard?" Mm, no. Yeah, it's not reasonable to project that. I mean, it's certainly possible because with anything with prospects, it, anything can happen. Yeah, anything it, can happen, but like we're overthinking it if we're going down that route. Yeah, yeah. and one thing I want to mention on the that I forgot to state on the Eichel comparison, I saw some people trying to say that Eichel was. <laughs> Eichel was like an awful pick or like hasn't turned out. He's a complimentary piece. There are so many people that underrate how good Jack Eichel is. I mean, look at his point production. Like this is a guy, Jack Eichel in his first year in Buffalo. I looked this up because I was curious, put up almost 60 points as an, uh, in his first year in Buffalo. If Adam Fantilli can match that. And that was also a Buffalo Sabres team that was burned down to the core to try to get McDavid. Like Adam Fantilli is going to have a lot more sport. There's potential where Adam Fantilli is a 60 plus point player next season. I mean, Jack, Jack Eichel has, uh, 446 points in 476 games. Is, is that supposed to be bad? Yeah. Like that, (laughs) that is, that is a franchise player. That is not a complimentary piece. And he also, he also had to play through this like really bad neck situation for a while. Mm -hmm. And this season is his first full season after that. 66 points in 67 games like I, I i get that like jack eichel will never be a popular player because of the whole trade debacle and the fact that he's not Connor mcdavid and i mean there's also just this element if he doesn't have the most likable personality for a lot of fans but if you're just looking at the player he's like he's a franchise level player and and i yeah. think that adam like there's a chance adam fantilli is better than that yeah, but he's yeah. but that is but that is the that is the error that is the rarefied yeah, error. I, I mean, he's in I mean, I think Adam Fantilli is a better transition, better skater. He's got than Jack more Eichel tools is. than Jack Eichel. Yeah, and so I mean, that's the crazy part is that yeah, he could be better than Jack Eichel, and we were talking about at length over the last year and a half how the Ducks need to get someone like that onto the team. Yeah, um, excited uh, to see Adamo. Hey, Odiflo said thoughts on Gerg uh, winning the second annual Crash Spawn Draft Lottery trivia. Did he? He Congrats. did. He he came up and beat me at the very end. I hope, he beat me I hope by 10 points. Go, I hope you go I party. Fell. I fell. You choked? I choked. I choked on the final question. He was the only one to get the final question right. What was the question? Who is the Anaheim Ducks career leader in hits? Oh, I, I think I, I said Bojame. Who was it? Uh, Getzloff. Getzloff, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I missed. He was the only one to get that. So shouts to Greg. Um, Dajan said, assuming the pick is Fantilli, should the Duck explore trading for a guy like Kyle, Co- Kyle Connor or any other proven top line winger who has a contract expiring before at the same time as Fantilli's ELC would expire to create a contending window while Fantilli is on the ELC? Hmm. I mean, that's tough because Zegers, Terry, tries to, like, you have all these other contracts that are, gonna, that are coming due. So it's not really like a blank canvas. Um, but sure, I mean, you probably want to be more aggressive while this guy is still cheap. Yeah, I think that you don't necessarily want to trade the farm to do it's that. Not a, it's is, not a blank check, though. Which is what you would have to do to get a Kyle Connor. I think maybe you can be a bit more aggressive, aggressive in a shorter-term UFA contract if there's something like that where you can get someone in for a three-year deal and offer them more money as a result of that. I mean, maybe it allows you to go get Austin Matthews next summer. 
<laughs> Austin, Austin Matthews, Trevor Zegers, Adam fans Fant- are mad at me. Adam Fantilli, uh, Mason McTavish. How many fan bases have I pissed off the last month? Oh, so many. Uh, so I, I don't know if necessarily you want to go out of your way because your contending window isn't Fantilli's ELC. And so no. your, your contending window is... I mean, if, if you're going to look at it that years. way, then then trade Terry. Yeah. Like, you got to move it back if, if that's what you're focused on. Yeah. And so Lactic asks, uh, Fantilli is going to play in the World Championship coming up for Team Canada. What would we expect of a player of his caliber to show in this tournament? I'm very curious to see how he'll do. Because I don't really have any great comparables that come to mind of an NCAA player in the world championships for Canada. Didn't Austin, Matthews, didn't Austin Matthews play in the world championships of his draft year? Well, I would expect them to do well. Well, the thing is Austin Matthews played pro hockey his draft year. Yeah, but so, it was pro in Europe, like a little bit different. But I mean, that's basically who you're playing against. True. Fair. In the world championship. <laughs> like, fair. like he, he was basically playing the level he'd been playing at maybe better for Fantilli. It will be a, I mean, you could argue NCAA hockey might be better than the World Championship of Hockey. Yeah. Um, in terms of the consistency, but I think he'll do well. I think he'll be an imp- impact player. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's funny because they haven't drafted him, but I think everyone here is probably going to be paying attention to that just out of curiosity to see how he's going to be How about doing. this though? Do not make any um don't form your opinion around the World Championship. So, it looks like I was just curious, Matty Beniers played in the World Championships in his draft year. Um, mm-hmm. and put up uh, two points in six games. Okay. I, I'm really glad that Matty Beniers has become the comp somehow for Adam Fantilli. Be- like, wait, but you you brought up college players playing in the World Championships. No, I know, but I feel like it. I feel like it's been brought up a, a, a couple times now. Oh. And college player drafted out of college recently. I know, I know, I know. Like, but there's, I f- there's easy compare. Uh, easy. Others have that. brought it up, and I just oh, think okay. I'm glad that that's being made because. For his sake, because he's going to smash that. Oh, he's going to crush Matty Beneers as a uh, comp. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Winterborn saying he's not a comp for Fantilli. No, he's not. But it's just kind of giving at least some understanding of how someone from college has done in the world championship in the past. Yeah. Um. All right. SP84 said, can we still have a group party and all chill together? I want to buy people beer, but especially Olaf's. And he said uh, that Jake knows I sold him a beer and, I, and that I owe him a beer. Sure. Um, sure. Figure it out. We'll figure it out over someone when Felix is in town and you have to come down, Spence. What? Let's skip this next question. Shaking wings to ask, is this, <laughs> yep. in, is this why you were so mad at me when I was asking where you at? Uh, did the post podcast get moved back in order for Felix to watch the Warriors game? How did he like the results? Uh, no, I, I, I wish that had been the reason. The reason was I had a law school final. Um, but I hated the results, and yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. All right. Ken said, if somehow Mitchkov actually slides to close to 10th overall, like some scouts are saying he might, would you bundle all your second-round picks plus some players, Gibson, Combs, Twilacomb, et cetera, draft both Fantilli and Mitchkov? Yes. Yes. I would I bundle just, all the second-rounders. I just don't think that that's – I don't think any team would do that. No. Our good friend Lou said, wow, I can't believe the Ducks are ladding Adamo Fantilli. The prospect of Z, Mason, and Adamo down the middle is making me <laughs> down the middle is making me sweat in places I never knew that existed. My question is, will Felix Farmer John Sicard respond to the allegations to his alleged Nate Bull you love? 
What is this? What are these allegations? Tajian has uh, dug into your Twitter and found a lot of very uh, pro Nate Bowie tweets from like 2014 and 2015. I'm I'm not going to support this precedent <laughs> of going back into my Twitter history. So I'm just I'm just not going to address this. I want I want the story to die. It, well, now it's not going to die. I can tell. I you don't that want much. people going back. My, I've had the same Twitter account. This is the only Twitter account I've ever had. And did you, know, you purge? I purged. I purged a lot of things <laughs> that would probably get me canceled today. Um, but I'm sure there's still a lot for people to work with. If they I, really want. I to. thought you purged as a result of something, but I guess you didn't. Uh, Olaf is berserker said, "What are the odds we see Fantilli, Zellweger, and Mintukov all suiting up the, wow. for the Ducks opening night of the 23-24 season? And is there a point to doing that?" I mean, this question is basically asking, is Minchukov making the team? Yeah, I think Fantilli and Zellweger are on the team. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a point to doing that. <laughs> like, yeah, I they're mean, the all point is you have already. a better team. <laughs> yeah, they're all very good. Yeah, like that is the I, point. I, I think that's the point. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, okay, the odds, I'd say 50-50, because I think it's pretty locked in that Fantilli and Zellweger will be. Minchukov, I'd say 50-50. I feel like Minchukov will get some AHL time. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, I'm going to get to a couple of uh, Twitter questions. I'm just going to my DMs. I'm sorry, Twitter's been a mess. I don't want to have to go through my mentions, so DMs are going to be the easiest thing for me. Sorry for anyone out there that Damn. Uh, that gave me a mention, and my mentions are flooded, so it's very difficult. But uh, sorry to anyone out there apologizing, but got this question uh, from Chris Krober. Said, pod question, can't lie, that was disappointing, but trying to look forward to Fantilli, what are the odds he stays in college one more year? I'd say 15 to 20%. Like, I wouldn't rule it out, but I I would rule it out. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, there's a percent that it will happen, but yeah, it, it's like 15 to 20%. Yeah. yeah um, I, it's not high. Yeah. And then, oh, we got this question from Jonathan Lee. Question for the Crash Pond podcast. Are you more disappointed that the Ducks got the number two overall pick or the fact that Chicago won the lottery? Oh, easily that Chicago won. Yeah. I, I was not expecting the Ducks to, to win because. Like, the Ducks being top two was a win. Yeah. The fact that they got two is a big win because I think three, like, would have still been fine, but it's just not as nice of a spot. Three is fantastic, or two is fantastic, but yeah, Chicago, it's just, I I can't really put into words how lame of an outcome that is. Like, I would have yeah. rather seen Columbus get, get Connor Bedard. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And maybe I, that's I, maybe that's a too much of a diss to Columbus, but it's just trying to illustrate that, like, anyone but Chicago would have been fine. Well, yeah, and especially when you see the fact that they've already made more in-season ticket sales today than they had to pay for the Kyle Beach fine. Like, that's yeah. that's just an awful, awful look. And of, even if we took out the whole, which, you know, we can't, but even if we were to take out the whole uh, cover-up on the Blackhawks part, I still just, how many more superstars do they need to draft? Like, yeah. they, they, they hit on everything for a few years, and it got them three Stanley Cups. Like, I would have hated it just because I really dislike the Red Wings. I would have much rather seen the Red Wings get him because the Red oh, Wings yeah, went through, at least the, the Red, Red Wings, Wings have, went through years have built of something. not, and they've gone through years of not winning lotteries. Yeah, like that's the thing is they've paid the Pied Piper. Like they've they've gone all the way back from being perennial cup contenders. They had to go through this period of mediocrity. Steve Eiserman arrives and builds it the right way. Like that would have been a like yes, I know you don't like Detroit, but that would have been a, a fine yeah. story. 
Yeah. Yep. And of, and of course, you know, Montreal would have loved to have seen that, but as would yeah. many others, the flagship right. franchise. Final question from my Twitter DMs, but uh, Matthew Macias had asked us, uh, here's something, it's, it's more thought and want to get our thoughts on it. Here's a thought, something you just thought about. There's a real shot that uh, Fantilli could win the Calder, playing with one of Zegers or Terry on a new coach and a strong young core. Uh, or strong young core. Bedard, uh, while I wish the best, won't be in that same situation. Who do you think... Win- I'm going to turn this into a question. Who do you think is more likely to win the Calder next year if Bedard goes one and Fantilli goes two? Bedard. You think? It's it's Connor Bedard. Like He's going to score 30 goals. Do you think that Connor Bedard, like, have you looked at what the top six is for the the Blackhawks? He just he just needs he just needs anyone on his line who's not that's fair crappy. Like Tyler, let's not like let's not Tyler downplay, Johnson. Let's not downplay Connor Bedard because he went to the the wrong team. Like I, I hope I hope that him being on no, the Blackhawks no, no, doesn't no, no, like no 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 no. What simply what I'm stating is from a points perspective. I think that Adam Fantilli might be put into a better spot to pick up points than Bedard. That's not me stating. Will that he though? Because he might just be a third liner. That's fair. That's good. Actually, a he good might point. he might not fair. even be on the top power play unit. Fair. So. Fair. Yeah. Uh, our good friend Connor says uh, probably going to be Jason Dickinson, Connor Bedard, Tyler Johnson. But I mean, Connor Bedard is elite level talent. So I, it will be curious to see how it plays out. Um, but you're probably right. Probably talking myself into something bad let's let's not let's not like overthink this fair um all right so let's jump into some questions from our youtube and our twitch so for those of you listening to this podcast and thank you everyone for listening thank you everyone for watching us live also we have over 100 people watching us live between youtube and twitch shout out to everyone there but if you want to be like uh like anyone else here like shoegaze uh dragon georgie like literate gal and like kempafu you can support us at twitch.tv slash crash bond where if you have amazon prime you get one free twitch prime gaming sub each and every month and it does help out more than you can imagine um you get special emails in the chat special badges next to your name and then also if you prefer youtube you can go to youtube.com slash crash pond where you can also support us there uh just subscribe and it's a much more free way you can just subscribe to the the channel like the videos, and we're really trying to push over a thousand subs. And if we get to that, we can start doing super chats and kind of do a lot of things there that we're not able to do right now. So please go support us over there if you're really liking what you're hearing. Um, so we're gonna get to some questions first. So I saw these ones, so I want to get them right away from YouTube. Travis Anderson asks, where would Fantilli be in the uh, in the lineup on the Ducks team if he were to play in the 23-24 season? I think he would be the. I think he would start as a third line center. Yeah, I think so. It's, also. it's hard to say because we don't know who the coach will be. Yeah, I, I I think that's the biggest question. Under Dallas Akins, he starts at fourth line wing. Fourth line wing. <laughs> starts starts as the sixth defenseman. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Fatcheralt said, uh, "When do you think Pat Verbeek will start get uh start to give out contract extensions? Also, when will he hire a head coach?" Well, okay. Let me shoot down this this thing that doesn't really need shooting down, but it's just my opinion. There's a lot of hubbub about, um, oh, they need a coach before the draft. And it's like, why? I mean, what input, what meaningful input does a coach have on the draft, especially when it's the number two pick and it's almost a sure thing? So I don't really think the Ducks need to impose on themselves a deadline just for the sake of having a guy up there for the photo op with the prospect to hand the jersey to. Like, it's... 
totally fine if they don't have a coach by the by the draft. I think I think they will because for whatever reason this is a thing. You know, deadlines are important. You know, deadline deadlines make things happen. But on that front, I I think it'll be before the the draft. And then well, as far want- as the extensions. The sooner the better if you're a Ducks fan because you don't want to see that drag on. Yeah, I mean, here's the reason why it's the draft. The draft is a good point. The draft is on June 29th. Free agency opens on July 1st. Mm-hmm. You want to have your coach in place as of when free agency starts. Yes, that is a better statement than for the draft. But they're, they're kind of hand in hand. Free agency starts right after the draft. But I so, don't think people think about it that way, though. I think, I think people no. just think... You need him for the draft. But I think that's the reason is that you want you don't want to be dealing with hiring a coach between the draft and free agency. You want to focus on those two things. Sure. So but I, even I think, then, even then, like, do you really need a coach for the first day of free agency? You should ha- you should have a coach in place for that. <laughs> I think I, that it, I think it makes it harder to bring in a player if they don't know what coach they're playing for. That from that perspective, sure. Um, from that perspective, I, sure. Travis Anderson also asked in our YouTube chat, what do you read into Pat Verbeek's uh, comments on finding a coach before the draft? I probably would have had more time if we would have won the draft lottery, but now I've got some more work to do. I mean, Derek actually clarified that in a good tweet um, because Derek was on the media availability, but more or less, let me look up the exact way Derek worded it to not put words in his mouth. So give me one second here. But it was... I'm trying to get to it quickly. I want to provide some clarity for those confused about this quote. The idea here is that a short list of head coach candidates uh, would have been a a lot longer if the Ducks had Connor Bedard. So he would have had more time because there would have been more people interested. Oh, okay. That's more or less what that quote was. Uh, Rouge 20 said, question, will Paul Correa be the one on stage to make the pick? That'd be fun. That'd be fun with the fact of him winning the Hobie Baker in his draft season. That would be really fun. 30th anniversary season or going to the 30th anniversary season. Like there's a lot of uh, through lines that you can make there. And the fact that, I mean, it's possible if they take Adam Fantilli, that he is the best player they've drafted at the time of the draft since Paul Correa. Oh yeah. I don't even think that's a, that's that crazy of a statement i mean no and it, he may be better than paul korea but paul korea was insane at the time he was drafted i mean they're kind of on equal footing i would say because of the way the game was played and when korea was drafted oh, man i'm trying to think yeah i think you i think you're right because bobby ryan doesn't i mean nowhere near the level of hype or, or pedigree as yeah as fantilli I mean, Getzloff was taken what 15 like honestly the the best argument 15th. or the best case might be mctavish but McTa- but we we just talked about how Fantilli yeah. blows Beneers out of the water and Beneers But that's what I'm taken. saying is like yeah. that's Drysdale. I mean like it, it's nah. It's not a yeah, I think you're right. It's it's Fantilli. Yeah. Um all right. And then uh Danky Duck Dan said question now that Fantilli is considered our our pick most likely, what do you think will change if any changes happen on finding wingers because of his size? I mean, here's the thing. This whole wing thing has been brought up a lot. And I think that there's a reason teams build down the middle. And it's because centers, good centers are harder to find. And good centers can have a bigger impact because you don't need as good of wingers. It's harder to insulate a bad center than it is to have that than it is to have a, a center, you know, elevate 
inferior wingers. So now, yes, the Ducks need to build up the wings, but it's just that's such an easier task, and it's not going to be as expensive of a task either. Like the Ducks had to pay. I know that it's not a, a death knell of a contract, but the Ducks had to pay a pretty significant deal to go and get Ryan Strom because he can play center. Like now, your your center worries are basically done for the next ten to fifteen years. Yeah, like which is which is crazy I, like, to think about. And the Ducks have what? They're eight deep on the blue line. Yeah, eight deep on the blue line in terms of potentially NHL caliber or NHL caliber defensemen. Uh, they have a starting goalie potentially long term, potentially two depending on how you view Cali Klang. Ole Eriksson Ek gone. Yeah. And and now they have three high end centers. Yep. Like at the end of the day, a winger is great to have, but they are also the easiest piece to bring in. And it's just and, cheaper. Yeah. And so the Ducks have built goal, blue line, center. That's what you want. Like that's what teams dream of. Yeah. They they've they're hitting all the marks, and yeah. now you just gotta fill out the rest. Yeah. Joe August said question for later. Uh, but, and so I'm just doing it now. What kind of law does Felix want to do? I've been listening to the Alan Walsh, Walsh podcast and didn't realize he was originally a prosecutor. Uh, not a prosecutor. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't really have a, a hard set path quite yet, but probably corporate transactions is, is where it's looking like right now. Not litigation. How about that? There it is. Uh, Let's see, uh, Christopher. Oh, here we go. Sorry, Ray Gonzalez in our YouTube chat said, uh, "EA NHL like ranking ratings. If Bedard is a ninety-eight, what do you rate? Uh, what do you give Adamo?" <laughs> oh man, that's a good question. I mean, it's hard because EA NHL ratings are like just the worst. Yeah, I'm not. But if 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 Connor Bedard, like this is just my own scale. If Connor Bedard is a ninety-eight, Fantilli's like a ninety. Yeah, ninety one. Yeah, like he's Ooh, not he's not wait. below ninety. Okay, I just want to bring this up because I mean it's not a question at all, but something that I think is worth mentioning. But uh, New Era Ducks on Twitter, Patrick, who's a really yep. good follow, uh, put this out there, um, and I retweet it. But basically saying, and this is his opinion, but I think it's kind of just puts it in perspective how good Fantilli is. Um, of the last ten drafts, in how many would Fantilli have gone first overall? Twenty twenty two ahead of Slavkovsky, yes. 2021 ahead of Power, yes. 2020 ahead of Lafreniere, yes. 2019 ahead of Hughes, maybe. 2018 ahead of Darlene, yes. 2017 ahead of Heischer, yes. 2016 ahead of Matthews, no. 2015 ahead of McDavid, no. 2014 ahead of Ekblad, no. 2013 ahead of McKinnon, yes. Or sorry, Ekblad, yes. Uh, Don't want to misquote him. And 2013 ahead of McKinnon, yes. Uh, And he brought up on McKinnon, he's like, McKinnon wasn't a slam slam dunk first overall pick. Like yeah, Seth Jones for a lot of that I was don't, first. I don't overall. know if I buy some of these. Like Rasmus Dallin was really, really good in his draft year. Um mm-hmm. I mean Alexi Lafreniere is getting just torn to shreds yeah. in the public discourse lately, but I think the... that he was better than Lafreniere. He's better than Lafreniere was still though. Even though Lafreniere was very good. I don't know. Lafreniere was really good as a as a he prospect. Was. was the slam dunk number one pick. Like you could say that, like, I, that one's more like a toss-up to me. But, you, okay. but there's a case that Fantilli over Lafreniere, yes. Yeah. Um, so, 
just a side note to bring that up. Mark Sharaba said, uh, question, will the new coach pull in Aikens and force Fantilli to play wing instead of center? Mm, I don't I don't know why you would do that. It yeah. seems very dumb. Uh, by the way, uh, Connor saying Lafreniere works at Tim Hortons, though. Tim yeah, the Lafreniere disrespect is, is just completely out of control. You like, pissed off a lot of people, I guess. All it so took was one stupid freaking meme of the, the the zeros meme it's like oh he had a zero plus minus zero fate like it's like all these just like bullshit meaningless stats like sure if you want to see he had no points that's fine but yes has has alexi lafreniere been a disappointment vis-a-vis his draft ranking undoubtedly does that mean he's a shitty player who has no future no it doesn't like we don't have to take the extreme on everything yeah Anyway, uh, this is this is my soapbox moment because I've been I've been muzzled the last few weeks. Jonathan Lee said, uh, uh, "Given McIlvain is the goals head coach, do you think it would be good for Fantilli to play top line minutes of the goals rather than playing three C or three left wing or third line left wing with the Ducks?" I just think he's too good for the AHL. Like honestly, he just—it's just one of those things where he's put him in an NHL lineup and he will make a difference. It's it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. So if that means he starts and the bottom, like let's not have let's not do this rigmarole that we do with every freaking prospect, which is oh, is it better that he's you know AHL or, or fourth line AHL? Like no, Adam Fantilli belongs in the NHL next season. There's no reason to put him in the minors just just so yep. that he can play more. Yep. Last one left said question: Will 15 be in the rafters next season? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Uh Danky Duck Dan said uh let's see. Uh Caco or Lafreniere? Ooh. Like right now or as mm-hmm. their draft year? Yeah. Yes what? Oh sorry. I was reading <laughs> more questions. Uh right now. Right now? Ooh. Mm, give me Lafreniere. Yeah, Lafreniere. And he I'm also dying, has- I'm dying on this hill. So the Ducks have a bunch of really good trade pieces then, when especially when we talk about eight deep on the blue Lafreniere line. Lafreniere on the wing with Adam Fantilli? Some really good trade pieces. Who says no? Uh, if we want someone like the Jersey winger, and he's like, I'm blanking on his name because I've had a couple margaritas. He's talking about Jesper Bratt. <laughs> Who's had a couple margaritas? Uh, Danky Duck Dan. Oh, well, shout out to you. Um, yeah. What, what was the question? <laughs> Shh. I don't know if it was a question, actually. Never mind. The Ducks should trade for Jesper Bratt. Let's go with that. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, Ray Gonzalez in YouTube, and I'm, I'm looking at both. So if you're in Twitch throwing questions, I'm seeing them. Uh, Ray Gonzalez said, are you liking Akins as a panelist? Uh, I've only I've seen s- I've only seen one clip. Yeah. And he sounded – I love that he called out Bieksa. Did you see that? So Bieksa – BXO was saying BXO they were showing clips of Mark Stone getting cross-checked in the back because it's like well known he has a back injury. Yeah. And BXO was like, oh well, you know, it's not malicious. And Dallas Higgins was like, oh, it's malicious. <laughs> and, then, and then he was like, Well, at least your your cross checks would have been malicious, like talking to BXO. And I'm like, yes. Like, let's not fuck let's not pretend that these <laughs> yeah. guys are cross checking this dude in the back just for no reason. Yeah. So Good on Dallas. Um, 
All right. Yeah, so Danky Duck Dan clarifies that it was if the Rangers are looking to get rid of Kako or Lafreniere, who would you go after? Lafreniere is my pick. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. This question comes from Ruch, Ruch20. Will Corey Perry sign a one-year deal to retire as a Duck? I'll make it happen. I hope so. I, I hope so. I feel like he won't just because he probably wants to keep you know chasing another Stanley Cup, but um, he's still good. Like That's the thing. He can still play a very solid depth role. Yeah. Yep. So... Um, let him be the, let him be the captain in the 30th anniversary season. Wow. Now you're just, now you're cooking. Yeah. Now you're cooking. Yeah. Michael B said, what type of point potential do you guys think Adam Fantilli would have point potential? I think a hundred points like next season or no in general. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone's Uh, getting a hundred points nowadays. So fair hundred plus points. Um, Fatralt said, uh, question for Felix. Are you, or Felix, are you feeling confident about your final? Congrats, by the way. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever come out of a three hour exam feeling amazing. So I'm just hoping for the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Ooh, I don't see any more questions, but let's end with this. Oh, never mind. Uh, We'll end with this question after this one. But question for Felix from Christopher Iyer: uh, Does he still talk hockey with the Berger brothers? <laughs> wow, that is a that is a poll. That is yeah. a poll from left field. Um, yes, but not uh, not on the air. Although I do I do miss the Garage Hockey podcast. Those are some yeah. good times. Euphoric Lantern said, "Question: Will Fantilli help the PK? And do you think he will be put on the PK in his first season? Mm, maybe." Possibly. Okay. Uh, Winterborn's asking, and I saw this earlier also, will we get Fantilli on Crash the Pond? I mean, fingers crossed that it will happen. Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll, we'll see. Not uh, holding my breath. Oh, Firebites asked the question that I was going to ask, so perfect timing. Fantilli, 19 or 91? So I'll just kind of turn this into the question I was going to ask. What number does Adam Fantilli wear? He's worn number 19. Oh, so that's definitely out. Yeah, unless does he pay Ryan Strom? Ryan Strom? Does Strom... Wait, doesn't Strom... Troy Terry wears number 19. I'm dumb. Holy crap, that is... Holy crap. That is so out of character for you. That is a very big out of character. Wow. Um, Strom 16? Yeah, Strom is 16. Wow. Wow. I'm ashamed, you know? This is what happens when we do... How you screw that up? It's 1045 (laughs) at night. It's pretty damn I'm usually asleep. I'm yeah. I'm usually. I'm, I'm getting shamed right now. I'm feeling very. Hey, I'm not shaming you. I'm. I gave you. I gave you the. I gave you the the grace of saying this is out of character. Um, I just really hope they don't make him wear a dumb rookie number. Give enough him ninety one. Enough with that shit. <laughs> Give him ninety one. But yeah, I don't think he's getting nineteen because that'll be worn by the Ducks captain. Wait, I wonder what he's wearing for Team Canada right now. Ooh, good question. Uh, Jonathan Lee saying, quick Google shows he was 91 in trap. You're getting skewered in our... I'm getting absolutely skewered. I guess you don't think Troy Terry is amazing anymore. I I hate Is Troy Terry not very good? (laughs) You're a hidden Montreal (laughs) fan, confirmed? I hate everyone. Why did I... It it was the six and the... Hey, in my defense... (laughs) What is your defense? In my defense... If it would have been a six and not a nine for that last lottery ball, the Ducks would have gotten Bedard. 
that's I not watched, a, that's I not watched a defense. The, I watched the lottery video. I don't that know. doesn't address the claim in any way. The draft the draft lottery was rigged. Gary Bettman read the the six as a nine. It should have been a six, and the Ducks would have won. Ninety one would be a nice number. Yeah, ninety one would be a good number. Give give me ninety one. Give me ninety one. It's a great year, representing a fantastic year. Yeah, I guess I have to agree now. Yeah, but um, I, I put you in that corner. Mm. Yeah, so I don't, uh, do we have any other questions? Travis Anderson said, are the Oilers going to choke against Vegas? I mean, it's 2-1 to one right now in the series. Plenty of time. Yeah, I saw that the, the Oilers lost tonight, 5-1. I, I kind of forgot there was a game. Yeah, I was getting shellacked by an exam, so I did mm-hmm. not see that. But, mm-hmm. oh, man, that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, Oilers, Hurricanes, Stanley Cup Final. Actually, man, I might be coming off of that and saying Oilers, Panthers. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, at, at this point, do we just hope for a Panthers sweep? Like, what's what's the point of the Leafs winning another game or two? I'd like to see the I, I'd like to see the hope come in. Did you watch uh, Steve Dangle's reaction to Game Three? I watched. I watched a little bit of it. I I've never watched any of his videos, and that was I was legit crying laughing. Yeah. I don't know how he achieves he's, such a high pitch. He's very good at what he does. I mean, it's clearly a bit. Like I don't believe this is how he actually feels, but it's very. Uh, I think it's close to how he actually feels. I think he's letting it out. It's really funny. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh. Poker pucks brings it up. You remember that late OT goal that Jonathan Taves missed at the end of the season? No. For the Blackhawks, that they sent it to overtime, and he missed a goal. Uh, a goal in overtime that would have won the game for them, and they ended up losing in overtime. I think it was that last game of the season. If he would have scored that, the Sharks would have gotten first overall. Damn. Yeah, I mean, any thoughts on the rest of the order? I mean, it's just... It's basically the draft order. I mean, my ideal situation was draft order. Yeah, Ducks, I mean... Blue Jackets, This was so... I remember watching it live with with our crew for the part that I did and thinking, wow, like, nothing is changing. This is great. Yeah. And then the one change turned out to be the the disaster one. Yeah. The one that the NHL didn't want. I guarantee you no one no one outside of Chicago wanted that to happen. Oh, man, I remember I remember seeing like okay, fl- like I remember seeing flyers and I was like, okay, thank God, no flyers. Coyotes, okay. Coy- Canadians, okay, fine, whatever. Sharks, oh wow, like this is staying true to form. And then that happened. Yep. So, yeah, what a what a day. What a you know it sucks because I I feel bad for all the disappointment, but at the same time, it's like I can't separate that from the thought of like this was the light like this. It was yeah. likelier that this would happen. Fifty five percent chance that they would end up third. Yeah, like. The, they were never like it was unlikely that they were going to win. I think when you get into that moment of the top two is especially. I think if they would have ended up third, it's much easier to tell yourself to 55%. digest. But when they're in that top two and you're just sitting there, kind of waiting for that turnover, and you can't help but start thinking. Yeah, like that's I the mean, hard part. I really do think though that number two is just such a better spot than three. Yeah, one hundred this draft. Like, yep. Now you have your pick of the litter. You can pick anyone you want. I think it'll be Adam Fantilli. That's who we've talked about the most in this pod. 
But you can, hey, if you want to go crazy and draft Matvey Michkov, if you want to have let's, a little Leo Carlson in your life, you can do all that. Let's end with percentages. Percentage chance they draft Adam Fantilli. Man. Do I go lower than 90%? That's the question. I'm going to go 90%. I'm going 99%. See, I think that, I think there's a chance they take someone else. I think, it, I think there's, there's a, a 1% chance. I mean, 90% is still very high. Yes. Um, also, I love that this... I, I posted a reply in our Discord that's now made its way into our chat. <laughs> what did you post? I just love that the replies I get have become like a, a, a joke that people will just like repeat them <laughs> in our Discord just like out of nowhere. This, what did this, you... The late. This is the latest one, or actually, I don't even know what he's replying to anymore. Because I yeah, one oh about yeah. I said might be much more than a consolation prize. Yeah, which he is. Like this is way more than a consolation prize. Like you're getting a legit player, and someone responded, "Shut up, Felix. It's a monumental (laughs) loss, and nothing you'll say will make the fans happy." Chicago over over Anaheim. (laughs) Like, way to just completely misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm not trying to say you should be happy. Chicago got it. Got it over Anaheim. Uh, Fatgeralt says, uh, "Do the Ducks trade down, and what would that trade take?" No. Yeah, I don't think. Just so. no. <laughs> yeah, it's not worth trading down. No, it's never. What's worth the it. other one that everyone has been putting in our Discord? You're kidding. It's the one where it's like you're kidding, right? You can't possibly be serious. Someone would actually think this. It was my take about the Kings that got just absolutely skewered. Oh yeah, that one. I don't know what it is the last few weeks, but I, I just it seems like whatever I say gets picked up by the other fan base and then they just invade. <laughs> you're so. you're yours have I mean, yeah. Yours having a go at it right now. Well farm now that, it's farming that engagement. I'm not even like that's the thing though, I was like, this is not intended to do that, and that's just how it ends up being. So Yeah. yeah it's it's funny. Yep. Um, All right, I think that's probably gonna do it for us. Any uh, any quick playoff thoughts? Nope, got none right now. Given that I've been muzzled by you, why? Wait, how have I muzzled you? You've you've phased me out. Of what? You've had different people on. Yeah, that's your choice. You phased me out. You've muzzled me. <laughs> this podcast is rigged. <laughs> this podcast is more rigged than the draft lottery. Uh. Christopher Iris said, with as many picks that the Ducks have in the first two rounds, any thoughts on them making any trades? I mean, they could trade for another first. They have three second round picks. Yeah. I'd be very like I'd be very curious to see them get into the into the first round outside of that pick. Because I feel like yeah. there's there's some guys who are gonna who are gonna slide. Yep. Yep. Um Yeah, why did you make me tweet that tweet? <sighs> what? I didn't make <laughs> you do anything. We were on a Patreon episode. Everyone on our Discord or anyone in our patron or Patreon can go listen to it. You will hear it. And you will hear me ask Felix a question. And he's like, that's a good idea for me to go to tweet and piss off all the Kings fans. <laughs> oh, man. And you yeah, can the- hear hear him say, Well, I tweeted it and I go, I was like, Why? That's a bad idea. There was a uh, there was a tweet from Russell Morgan the other day about how the ducks are a bad destination for bedard and i forget what the i feel like that was the oh yeah it was the mike trout thing yeah 
it was that Bedard and Anaheim, I like Russell as a person. Also, I think he he think he does really good coverage. That being said, that's a poor take. It was a very poor take. I was just and saying also, I think he does good coverage. Also, it's like I think that the Quinton Byfield situation in LA has been more akin to Trout in Anaheim. Well, yeah, and I've seen some. I saw some Kings fans saying the Ducks didn't even tank right. And it's like they 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 tanked perfectly. Fantilli they finished last. <laughs> Fantilli could be better than than Byfield. I mean, at this point, the way Byfield is trending, the way yeah. that they've completely butchered his development. Yes. Yep. All right. Yeah. We gonna get out of here. Puck Empire. I am being pushed out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we're gonna end it here. Hat tip to the mayor. Yeah. Hey, every team has an insider. Only one has a mayor. Never forget that. Never forget that 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 tagline. What would be the cringiest tagline I could come up with for myself that would match that? I don't know. Anyway, so if you've enjoyed if you've enjoyed the show today, if you wanna if you wanna really usher in this new era for for the Ducks of Adam Fantilli, number nineteen. Slash 16 slash 91 Adam Fantilli. Uh, there's a few easy ways for you to do that. Number one, uh, just go check out our Patreon. Man, I'm trying to I'm trying to do this without cracking up, and it's really hard. I'm just not I'm just not gonna look at the replies. Um, number one way, go check out our Patreon, uh, Patreon.com/slash/CrashThePond. For one dollar a month, you get access to our Discord server, which this time of year is just so invaluable. I mean, look. I don't need to I don't need to go on about this but exam season is very taxing mentally if not brutal mentally and the the crash the pond discord has been a really nice refuge for me a nice place that cheers me up and boosts my mental health and I think it can have that effect for anyone on top of all the great hockey talk that you get that's for $1 a month for $5 you get that plus two bonus podcasts where we talk about uh the rest of the NHL where we I guess Jake shit talks the LA Kings, and then I think it's a good idea to get forced into tweeting about that. Not not sure what the story is there, uh, but that's all at Patreon.com/slash/CrashThePond. You can also find us on YouTube, uh, YouTube.com/slash/CrashThePond. Subscribe there and turn on your notifications. You can also subscribe to us on uh, Spotify. Leave us a rating there. We're we're thirsty. We're thirsty for those. Um, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts as well. We're thirsty for those. We're review thirsty. Um, so help us quench that thirst. Is thirst like, is that like a bad thing to say? Like moist? Which one is worse to say? Jake is just not, not cooperating. Um, I, I've got, I've got not, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also are live on Twitch when we do these, so f- follow us on twitch.tv slash um, crash the pond. And really, b- big thank you to everyone who joined in tonight. We had a lot of people. Uh, we had a lot of great contributions in the chat. We had uh, Danky Duck Dan just having the time of his life, drinking margaritas and and chatting it up. So you can always tune in that way. I'm being told moist is worse than thirst. So I think thirst is actually worse for different reasons. And then lastly, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, follow the Sporting Tribune on Twitter. Follow Jake. His tag is at ReindeerGames91. Uh, you should just tag him and then ask him why that's his name. And then mine is just my first and last name, at Felix underscore Scard. On that note, thank you for listening, everyone. 
and we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye.